And it wasn't just, you know, the money, but the healing. Amen. Sister Jean Marie. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. That was it. I was done. Sorry, she might be pushing the wrong thing. It doesn't say that she's on mute. It's the same issue we had. Tell her to connect her audio. Yeah, tell her to connect her audio. Okay. No, say it there so she can have it. Okay, um, Sister Jean Marie, I'm not sure if your audio is connected because we're not able to hear anything. Um, but we let's let's give it a minute, see if we can get you reconnected. No, she's muted. Okay. So, for those um, on the podcast listening in, the question has to do with the situation surrounding the man who was bought, brought to the temple. We've already heard uh, about those who brought him there, brought him to the temple and not into the temple. Um, that changed when Peter and John came there. Peter and John came and they walked with him into the temple because of what they gave him outside of the temple. But it's also, if we look at it too, it's interesting that this was a regular thing, which means one, somebody said that they were familiar with this man in this position. It also said that somebody cared enough to do that. If this is a regular thing that's happening, then somebody has to go out of their way to carry him to the temple so that he can beg for alms. Somebody dedicated, if it's not the same person every time, but there was some kind of collective community mentality to see to it that what he needs and in terms of what they understood him needing, they were able to bring him where he could receive it. They just stopped short. Because remember, what was Peter and John going to the temple to do? Pray. And when they got to the temple, When they got to the temple, something happened. Do we have the audio working? She's on mute now. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes. Okay. 
Why not? She just you just remute it. Unmute. I think she was just checking to see if we can hear her. You just press mute. There. Perfect. Perfect. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, great. Wonderful. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Um, no, we're seeing familiarity was what Shavada was saying um, just a couple moments ago when we couldn't hear with the feed. But um, yeah, we're seeing amazement, but they came in and lo and behold, a miracle took place. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing a miracle um, with the man who basically was familiar. And I think sometimes that can be a dangerous thing when we're accustoming ourselves to certain things or rituals mm -hmm. or whatever the case. And a miracle was able to come out of the circumstance of what seemed to be almost familiar to some. And so, you know, so, all right. <laughs> Amen. We also see here a picture of what happens when we as Christians, how we're supposed to address the things that happen to us in our lives. It says in verse 2, a certain man was lame from his mother's womb. He was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called the beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. When we have things that go on in our lives, a lot of times we think, well, I'm a king's kid. You know, ain't nothing bad supposed to happen to me. Mm -hmm. Or we start thinking, well, I ask and it shall be given. Mm -hmm. But look here. Our burdens are to be carried, yeah. laying daily before the Lord just to ask, yeah. not to get the, not to receive. All right. It shows the faith of the man who was lame, but it also shows the faith of his friends. Yes. You know, you ever had somebody that you yeah. helped out and you had to keep helping them out? Mm -hmm. How tiresome it gets when it's like, well, it's the same thing again? Mm -hmm. Well, I can speak from experience as the person who needs help, <laughs> who's carried and is laying daily in the beautiful gate, that just because it doesn't happen right away, does not mean you're not doing what God wants you to do. It doesn't mean that you're not in his will. Just because you've been lame since the day you were born, your path may not have crossed yet with the path of the apostles. You may not have come yet to that point where God is ready. Not that he's ready to bless you, but he has the stage set so those who are onlooking 2,000 years later... Yeah can hear about it and also benefit from the blessing that you're asking for as well. Amen. Sister Chapman? I was also going to say how in verse 5, it said they, um, he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something. Oh, yeah. He didn't know what he was going to receive, but he expected something. So even if he expected the, the alms, whatever, the point is he came expecting it. I think that also models for us how we need to come to the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if he doesn't give us what we ask for, we need to expect something. And yeah. expect mm -hmm. that whatever it is, is what we want. And I think um, 
as believers kind of uh, in, in align with what the assistant pastor was saying, we have to give the world what God gives us for them. Sometimes it's not going to be money. Sometimes it may be prayer. Sometimes it may be carrying them to the temple. You know, yeah. so whatever it is that God, it may not always be a physical thing. It may be just a spiritual thing. So when we stand tuned in the spirit of the Lord, he's able to use us to do more than what we realize we may be doing. Mm -hmm. If those people didn't carry him, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been there to see right. the apostle. Just... So if we stand tuned with the spirit of the Lord, like the assistant pastor said, and do those things, whether it be to carry, whether it be to stay rise up and walk. Whatever it is, whether it may be sometimes to give alms, mm -hmm. whatever it is, we just want to make sure that, yeah, I mean, it's important that we make sure that we're in sync with the Holy Spirit so he can use us how he wants to, mm -hmm. so that, that when that stage is set, God can get all the glory from the miracle he wants to do. All right. A amen. Amen. Uh, there are times where we feel like we're supposed to be the apostles in the situation. And sometimes we're supposed to be the ones that carry the person to the temple so that God's will can be done. And we kind of gloss over sometimes. And, and whenever we look at this story, we've gone over it so many times. We thought about it um, or we talk about it. And we don't ever really highlight the people who brought him to the temple. Mm. We talk about Peter, but let's not forget Andrew, who went and told Peter about Jesus. Mm. You know, don't, don't think of it as a small role that you play because somebody else is doing something else that appears to be more glamorous. Mm -hmm. God has a calling for them. Billy Graham won thousands upon thousands of people to Christ. But somebody had to witness to him. Amen. And it's not about that person getting their time to shine. Billy Graham was not trying to have his time to shine. He wanted to let the light shine before men that they would see the works but glorify the Father. And his emphasis was on the Father. Somebody had to witness to him and to the person that witnessed to him. It's all us working together with him. And uh, someone mentioned going to God in expectation. Now, let me make a very clear division mm -hmm. between expectation and entitlement. Mm -hmm. We're not entitled to anything but what we worked for which the Bible says the wages for what we've worked for is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The gift of God. So you go there expecting an undeserved gift. Mm -hmm. Something that you cannot and could not work for. Mm -hmm. A gift. The expectation is that just like in what we just lined out, the gift of God being eternal life is something that God knows that we need in the time that we need it. And he'll give it to us in the time that he's set for us to receive it. It's not up to us to determine if we're ready. God, give it to me now. 
Give it to me. Just like I'm laying it out. Like you know you. Really don't. We don't know ourselves. The Bible says we don't even know how to pray for things as we ought to. We need the spirit to interpret. What if we received everything we mumbled under our breath that we wanted? Would the world be a better place? Would our lives be better? Let's just stop for a moment and park our minds on that thought for a minute. What do you think your life would be like if you received everything that you asked for since the beginning of 2020? Just going back a, a year. What do you suppose your life would be like? I mean, that's not now uh, that I thought was bad. Of course you didn't. Because there's a way that seems right to a man. Money. If I just had a little more money. Well, the, the thing that I think about is that unnamed thorn in the flesh of Paul where he wanted it removed. It's like Satan working at buffering him, just, just torture. It's a, he didn't say it's a, a squeeze on my side. He said a thorn in my flesh to paint a picture that is something that's not comfortable. What we're talking about this, this year, embracing discomfort, and, uh, well, embracing discomfort. We've got to be able to accept it because on the other side of that is what God told to Paul. My grace is sufficient. What you think you're asking for, that you think that life would be better if I had, my grace is sufficient. If I could just get some more money and pay for this or that and move up out of this place, then who will be there to do the work that God has you there to do? If we don't go in with willingness to do whatever God says to do where he has us now, What are you going to do when he moves you to somewhere else? You're going to enjoy the fruits until they're gone. And then you're going to be looking for more fruits. That's how we're made. That's how we think. Understanding that wherever God has me is where I'm supposed to be right now. And I can live my life to the fullest In the situation and circumstance that I'm in right now. This man. You don't think he complained? About not being able to walk? You don't think he ever got up in the morning and was tired of waiting for somebody to come and pick him up literally to take him to the temple? You don't think that got old because we 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 don't think we understand 
until we don't have a car for a period of time and you gotta wait for somebody to come and get you all the time. Yeah. And it's like, now I'm on their time. I got stuff to do. I gotta get to work. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I gotta wait for this person. Not, even though I don't have a car, I thank God that he provided a way. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're evil if you've had the thoughts. I've had the thoughts myself. What it's saying is that even though you have those feelings and thoughts, as the lame man most likely did, you accept where you are and you still go to where you need to be. He could have said, you know what, I'm sick of it. Just take me to the club. Where'd they take him? To the temple. They were used to seeing him at the temple, at the gate of the temple, finding himself always at the temple. So all the temple dwellers knew him when he walked in there. If he spent his time somewhere else, always there, the thought would have been, what you doing in here? If you're always at the club, or you're always somewhere you didn't need to be, uh, throwing back at the bar, and then you all of a sudden at the temple, what? Hold up. Why are you getting me here? What you doing here? That wasn't the response. What did the people do? Verse 10. Sister Chapman, are you raising your hand? That just made me look like Sister Azalea, like if at um, Memphis or a convention or something, because she was always at church. She still is always at church, but we were part of the Kojic denomination. We were there. People would see her all the time, hear her. I believe she was known. People knew who she was because she was always there. She was always in a chair. She would be enjoying the service. So if like she stood up and walked during a during church, like everyone would know that's that little girl who was always in a wheelchair. She was known, and I feel like that's another part of the plan we don't think about. God establishes things like mm-hmm. it's in your mind. Like you said, he probably got to the point he wasn't expecting to walk, so that wasn't even probably a prayer anymore. Right. He was expecting, okay, I can get something. This can help me. In this way, so it's like God does when He makes build that groundwork. God's doing so much, and so many people are going to be impacted because it says daily. It wasn't just once in a while or every other week. It was every day. If you went to the temple, you knew who He was. So think of all the people that are going to recognize the glory of God. Because not only, like you said, the people who are obedient, the ones who brought them, they saw him every single day. Mm -hmm. God is doing so much when he sets the groundwork and then he does a miracle. We just look at the thing we want. But we don't always understand that there's so much that God wants to do when he answers our prayer. Mm -hmm. And the answer isn't always going to be yes. Like you said before, he does answer prayer. I remember the pastor told me, God answers prayer in, in eternity in time. So he places it. You ask me today. Okay, so here I've answered it. You're getting it on, we'll say Thursday. Just because he didn't give it to you when you asked for it, it doesn't mean that 
the prayer hasn't been answered. And it may not be that the answer was right. not yes. It just means he's placed it in time when you're supposed to have it. You just haven't gotten to it. So God answers our prayers, but we have to continue to pray so that when we see that answer, we know who to give the glory to. Amen. Amen. And also, when, and on that notion, when you think about it, I like what, you, what Sister Arlena said about when just because you don't get it when, when you ask for it. It's funny. When you listen to how you explained it, you get it when you ask for it. Yeah. You know, you may not see the results. It may not have manifested in time. But if God has placed it in eternity, when you've asked for it, I would even say before you've asked for it, yeah. God has already provided and made a way. And as we look here at this young man, and we look at uh, verses 9, 10, and 11, why does God let his people go through stuff so long? Mm -hmm. All right, there's, there's one kind of blessing that you hear, and, and, and certain people say, oh, that baby was born, that baby got sick, and God made him red, uh, well. Or that man, that man over there, he got sick last week. He was coughing. He had COVID for three days, mm -hmm. and then he got better. But when you look at a young man who, from the time he was born, had never walked his entire life, all those years, all those decades, you look at that, what was the result? In verse 10, and they knew it was he that sat at alms at the beautiful gate. They were filled with wonder and amazement at all that had happened to him. Verse 11, the man, the lame man, the lame man that healed, helped Peter and John, all the people ran together. It's one of those miracles. That, if Azalea stood up and started talking, she'd be, people would be trying to get her on the news mm -hmm. all around the world. People would be just trying to get a glimpse of this thing that God has done. And what happened? Very next verse, verse 12. Peter did what? He saw it, and he answered unto the people. That was the opportunity that God had used to put his message in the ears of those people who were there when the man was healed. But God didn't wait. God didn't say, uh, I'm going to heal you in the womb. I'm going to heal this condition in the womb. Because then who would have seen it? Who would have known? Who would have known? Back then, God was probably healing kids in the womb. As that they would form and then and, and be blessed. And nobody, even the parents may not have known. Mm. But here, a man was born. He was a child. He was an adolescent. He was a teenager. He became a grown man. His friends every day took him to the, the gate just to beg. And then God, after all of those decades, reached from heaven and touched him. But that prayer was answered way back when he was in the womb. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't get it or you don't see it when you ask for it, don't mean you don't have it when you ask for it. Amen. And once it manifests, God can then use you to get for himself the glory that he deserves. Mm -hmm. That opportunity Peter had once that, that blessing came, once that miracle was made, that opportunity, God took it, and, he, and Peter spoke and answered to the people about covenants that were being fulfilled this day. Mm -hmm. That man was blessed so that the other people could be blessed and know that God is here. Mm 
Amen. The Holy Spirit is here. What God said he would do back in the Old Testament, you're seeing it happen before your eyes right now. Yes. And if the guy wasn't patient, or if the guy wasn't begging, or if his friends didn't have enough in them to bring him every day, or his parents had aborted him because he, he couldn't stand up. Mm. If any of these things didn't happen, God would have just had to chose another way mm. to bring his word on this particular day. So within God's blessing of the, the lame man, he was able to bless everybody who came from, all the way from Solomon's gate. Came running, verse 9, 10, and 11, running full of wonder and amazement, mind, spirit, and soul primed to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. And I just wanted to add a small point to that, um, and that is, it made me think of this um, game we play called Uno online. And for those who haven't played Uno on, uh, online, you have the option. You have the Uno button in front of you. And you know how if you call Uno, before the person who has Uno calls Uno, you can stop them from getting Uno. But you don't know if they're going to call Uno. So one thing I would constantly do is I'd be pushing that Uno button repeatedly, you know, so that if by some chance they do call Uno, I will call Uno before them. The point there's a term that says you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Yeah. And if he didn't stay coming to the temple each day, he might have missed that point in time where God had placed his blessing. Yes, you don't know what day he's going to bless you or what day he's going to give you what you want, whether it be a job or Mr. or Mrs. Wright. But if you're constantly putting yourself in position to receive what you ask him for, you won't have to get ready once it comes. He didn't have to, oh shoot, this is the day I would have gotten my blessing, but I wasn't at the temple. I decided not to go this day. But he was positioned each day so that wherever in time God put his blessing, he was ready to yes, receive it. that's good. Amen. 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 And where, where are we at? Verse 12. What happens there? Did, did we have somebody to hand, to hand up? Did somebody on the Zoom have something they wanted to add? <laughs> Very good answer. Was it uh, one, they brought him to the It doesn't say they were his friends. We have knowledge that used to take children to the mall and beg. There are people who will use another one's affliction to get personal gain. Uh, in one area of scripture, when the when Jesus was in the in the in the room, and the Bible says the friends couldn't get in because of the throng or because of the crowd, 
The room was filled, so they went on top of the building, mm -hmm. to a hole in the building, and set him down, and the Lord healed him. Uh, it does not say specifically that these were his friends. I'm not saying they weren't. I'm saying when we uh, look at it, and we see more broadly, despite how he got there, he was deposited there. And the Bible doesn't say that the man had that much faith. But the men who he encountered, Peter and John, went in the spirit because this thing had just happened. It hadn't been that long since Pentecost. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, event of the Holy Ghost falling. But they went expecting. They went to pray. And when you go to pray, you give honor, praise, and worship to God. But there's also the following that says, I want something from him. Not for the praise, but I want something uh, from him. The men, Peter and John, said to the lame man, look on us. And he looked at them expecting to receive something. I don't think it's so much they said, look on us because I got what you need. They may have had that within them. But the Bible describes the gate by its name. The beautiful gate. It had all kinds of things that made your it attractive to your eye or attracting to your eye. And you can be looking around for what you have in mind you should get, not should get as entitlement, but you would get as what your desire is. And they wanted his focus on them because their focus was on the Lord. We're here to pray. And we know we're being led by the Spirit. And here is the opportunity God has given us to say to someone who is not looking for what God is going to give in the broader sense of God giving. A lot of times um, when you get money, oh, thank the Lord. And some of the guys who thank the Lord just robbed somebody the day before. Mm -hmm. But there are these instances. So it, it happens in our experience as believers that people will come to a place where giving is common. That's one. Where crowds are common. That's number two. And those who bring you there can either bring you because they know those two things and want you to have a better opportunity to get what you're uh, seeking or knowing the history of your receiving want their part for having brought you. Mm. That, often, that often happens. So yeah. now in the context of that, when we go, to the house of the Lord, 
to pray, we should really be in the spirit to pray. Amen. Not to say our prayers, but to pray. Okay. And we look unto him, as they said, look on us, expecting to receive something from God. Because having received the Holy Ghost and having had this declaration made before all these people that the one you kill, oh, yeah, yeah. but anyway, uh, having 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 made this contact at the beginning, up at the church, up at the temple, they ushered him into the temple. They walked in to the temple, owning what God had done through that. Amen. 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 Uh, Sister Jean Marie. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Wonderful. Um, no, I just think it's a beautiful thing we're seeing here in the scriptures, you know, the movement of God and the amazement everyone that was there who was familiar with him to see this miracle occurred, you know, it's a testimony, and that's what we're needing at such a time as that. You know, people needed to continue to see the movement of God. Amen. And I believe that that is part of what was um, being experienced at that moment. You know, everyone was able to see the hand of God at work on something that may seem every day, you know. Sometimes it, in a state of familiarity, sometimes... You know, it can sort of be mundane, I guess, maybe is a way to say it. But you're able to see that God's redeeming grace, when this man was in a position ready to receive with an expectation. Um, and, of course, God's hand was able to move and work um, with that expectation. And, of course, it was to glorify God at the end of the day. So um, it's just a beautiful thing to be able to see that here also in the scriptures the testimony of everyone who was looking onward to see that. Yeah.